Well, good morning. Uh, it's kind of like one of those apps that help you go to sleep, isn't it? Everybody's just kind of like, ah, oh, just feeling all warm and cozy. Uh, wake me up in a half an hour. Um, that'd be good. But uh, welcome today. We're so glad that you are here. And uh, those of you that join us online, so glad that you are with us. We hope that at some point you'll make it into the room because we know there's something you can get in the room that's, that's helpful and uh, connection. But we're so glad wherever or whenever you're watching this. And uh, we're actually going into a new message series over the next several weeks that I believe is going to be very helpful to us. But the topic might seem a little bit more interesting uh, as we are entering into really... Uh, the holiday season. The next two months are going to be the crush of the holidays season. And, uh, and I know that what represents uh, uh, a lot of different things for different people, you know, the most wonderful time of the year can also bring a lot of anxiety and stress and depression, actually. Probably this next couple months is going to be the most joyous and yet the most difficult, uh, as it's a mixed bag for many of us, uh, anticipating what comes, maybe who you have to participate with, <laughs> who you have to be around, uh, maybe the crush and expectation of what you have to provide, um, or maybe who's not with you during this time of the year. And, you know, uh, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, bum everybody out, but I, I think God's really going to speak to us today in uh, a thing that we don't talk a lot about in church. And uh, that's why we call this peace of mind. You know, I, I didn't realize that depression and anxiety was going to be a part of my story. Uh, and in fact, just, you know, kind of sharing that sometimes makes me feel a little, a little vulnerable. And uh, I remember entering into a counselor's office for the first time and trying to explain what I was feeling. And uh, some of you have been there. I walk in, you sit down, you go, is this going to work? And as I tried to explain what I was feeling, the only thing I could come to mind is like, it just feels like I put on a lead coat. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's felt that before. Just like, I just feel like, you ever have those weighted blankets? You know? I said, I just feel like I've put on a lead coat. And counselors seemed to understand that. And I know at the time I'd lost a little bit of weight and my daughter said, can we have fat dad back? Because he was a lot happier then. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I... I did an exercise with that counselor and answered some specific questions. And, uh, and she came back and said, well, you definitely are dealing with clinical depression. I was like, what? That's not me. I crack jokes. <laughs> I know they're not always so funny, but I'm trying, right? I know I can land some groaners and dad jokes sometimes, but I'm like, you know, and, but admitting that I needed help was the hardest part. And I was writing with a couple of pastors uh, one time. We were actually on this ministry experience, and there were several pastors in one van together, and I'm listening to the conversation, and one pastor says to the other, said, well, I don't know if they mentioned a, a guy that we all knew that was in ministry. and said, yeah, I don't know if you've heard about him. He's, he, man, he, he's not doing well. He even has a counselor now. And he's like, ooh. And uh, yeah. So it can, it can feel embarrassing, and can I speak for myself? It can feel a little bit ashamed as a Christian, but not just a Christian, but as a pastor, and sometimes, I know this isn't true, and I know you know this isn't true, but sometimes you can feel like you're the guy that's supposed to have all the answers. And I just heard a recent statistic that 1,700 pastors are leaving the ministry every month. And I know that I'm not trying to get up here and tell you what a horrible job I have because God blesses, but 
Here's what I'm saying is, some, sadly, many of you in the room can relate to what I'm talking about. Maybe way too well. Maybe felt outwardly or inwardly. And so many today are dealing with life that is too heavy. It's like at some point along, somebody snuck in and put a lead coat over your shoulders. And those things can lead to depression, anxiety, being stressed, being worn out. And now I've learned that there's several causes and, you know, there's a thing that's actually a category called seasonal depression. Some of us are going to enter into that, which I was celebrating the sun and some of you Oregonians have prayed in what we see out there. And, uh, but you know, there's, there's times there can be seasonal depression because some of us were vitamin D uh, short, right? And we need that. There's also situational depression. I don't know if you've you're going to go through some things in life. You lose someone you love. You go through a financial situation. You lose your marriage. And there will be a situational. And then there's also clinical. And it might not always be a part of your story. It might be someone that you know. Here's the deal. If this, isn't going to, if this is going to slide off your shoulders because maybe it's like, man, that's not where I'm at at all. I don't believe in random acts. So God has you here for a reason. It might be someone that you're interacting with. But here is what I want you to hear today. Online in the room is if you're feeling anything of what we're talking about today, you are not alone. The enemy loves to make us feel alone. He loves to make us feel like we're the only one dealing with this. There's no one else that can feel the way I feel. Now, you are a unique person, and God has created you uniquely, and he's numbered the hairs on your head. For some of us, it's easier than others. And uh, see, it's a groaner, right? It's like, yeah, dad joke, okay. But... You know, God has created you, but you're not so unique that we are all walking this road and in the human condition. So in this message series of the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on mental health. It's called peace of mind. And today I just want to start this. This is an introduction. We're kind of going to go from here. But let's just talk about the most dangerous myths of mental health. You say, wait a minute, is this a seminar? I thought this was supposed to be church. And I've asked myself the question, are we doing an adequate job or even a partial job within the church when it comes to helping those that deal with this? Um, do we just ignore it or pretend it away or it's not real or we just leave it to those outside the church? Sometimes we say, hey, get Jesus and it'll go away. And many of you in the room, you know, man, it's like, okay, I love Jesus with all my heart, but sometimes... It just doesn't go away. But let's talk about some things. I don't think you've got to stay there. Let's talk about the hope. And as we begin today, at the end of the, the service, it's always probably my favorite part, probably your favorite part because you know I'm done, but when I, everyone stands up and I get to speak a blessing over you, it's never just words to me. But I thought I would start with a blessing. So I want to speak 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24. And I just want you to position yourself right now in a posture to receive. Maybe you want to close your eyes, but I just want to start with this blessing over you. Because let me tell you what, I'm not going to talk about anything that God cannot handle and doesn't know. So maybe I speak this to you right now. May the God, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who calls you 
He who calls you, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Jesus, today as we open up this message, as we open up this topic, and it can be very sensitive and it can be maybe difficult to go through. Some of us in the room might know too well. Some of us might have not navigated it well. But God, I pray that your healing and your message, because we've started the day acknowledging that you are in the room, would you speak to our hearts and we would be able to open to what you would have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've talked about my experience with the counselor before. If you've been here very long, you know I, it's not something I, I talk about that. But I always qualify this. <clears throat> Quality Christian counseling. I am not a Christian counselor. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'll be your friend. I'll like to talk. But there is a gifting and a training and a calling that is specific to counselors. And so I say quality Christian counseling. I'm talking about someone that understands God's word. Christian counseling is not just going in and hearing scripture over and over. It's someone that understands who God is and where he belongs and that how we're created and how he can help us through. So uh, let me just preface that. And I've had, I've had some people, because we talk about it a lot, and I want to be a resource, and I've had some people text me and say, uh, you know, you, you talked about that counselor. Can you get me their number? It's like they're kind of like asking for drugs under the table. It's like, hey, can you, uh, don't tell anybody, but can you give me that, you know, that, the C word, you know, that starts with an O, ends with an O-R. You know, it's like, it's like, sure, here you go. It's like, you know, so, and I know that some may feel like the church maybe shouldn't be talking about this, but we have been led to believe that if we come to Jesus, he can fix everything and everything bad will just go away. Please don't hear today that Jesus is not all powerful. Some of you came to a place where you came to Christ and it was a phenomenal experience and many things fell off. I've talked to some, I've got friends that came to Jesus and they, they were chain smokers and, and they came to Jesus and never wanted another cigarette. It's just like powerful, miracle, happened to them. I've also got some friends that came to Jesus and smoking was a part of their life and they still struggle with that. Jesus still loves them, they still love Jesus. So he doesn't just come and fix everything. He will save you. He will redeem you. He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. All things will work together for good. But sometimes we just say, man, it's got to happen right now. Now, before you start throwing shoes at me, let's just talk about this, that it is true that Jesus will change everything in your life, but there's more to it. Just because Jesus saved you doesn't mean he fixes every area instantaneously. Man, I came to a place, I knelt at my chair, I came to an altar, and Jesus saved me, and the next morning, my bank account, my bank account just doubled. I don't know how it happened. It was crazy. I got born again, my hair thickened, you know. I lost my muffin top overnight. And I can sing now like Whitney Houston, just because I came to Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I know that's kind of comical, but it's, maybe it's not so funny, but you know what I'm saying? It's like coming to Jesus I still am wired the way, I still have the back, but Jesus begins the process of going deep into my life. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're instantly, instantly mentally healthy. And I'm not discounting or lessening the power of Jesus to change our lives. He can and ultimately will. But this side of heaven, how many know we're going to have to deal with some stuff? 
And the more stuff I deal with on this side makes me look forward to that side a little bit more. Ever have one of those weeks you say, hey, God, uh, the rapture would be good today. (laughs) Just beam me up, Scotty. I want to be out of this mess, right? The Bible says when we see Jesus, we will be like him. He'll wipe away every tear from the eye. There'll be no more sadness, no more pain. How many know that heaven alone is going to be the most incredible thing in the universe because there will be no more depression or anxiety? Just to imagine a place like that. So you might not know what we mean by mental health. I'm not trying to be clinical or even woke today. But what we're talking about is this. When I'm talking about mental health, we're talking about, and it includes emotional, psychological, and social well-being. And those are things that Jesus can get in and make impacts in our life. But these are the things that really, these impact your life the most. Your emotional, psychological, and social It's how we feel, how we act. And it's how we handle stress. Some of us are just better than others at handling the the things that come against us. And it's how we relate to others. It's how we make choices. It's how we bounce back from life's difficulties. And so many misunderstand in the church that when it comes to mental health, so I thought, what, what what if we could just build a foundation today and go from here? So again, I make this disclaimer that I'm not a licensed counselor. Uh, I have no degrees in this area. I'm not trying to pretend to, but and some of you in the room, I know you know much more than I do on the subject, but I know that when we look into God's word, we find life. And when we look into God's word, we find help and wisdom, and we need it today more than ever. And I think we have to honestly look and say, is this an area that the church is doing a good job at letting people know that you can walk in here and it's okay if you're not okay? It's okay. Everybody doesn't have it together just because they come on a Sunday, but yet God can continue to help us. So let's just talk about a couple of things. First of all, two mental health myths. And uh, you could say within the church or within the Christian world, first of all, Christians shouldn't struggle with mental health. That's a myth. And there's a line of thinking here that it might not be spoken out loud, but sometimes it's thought, if I'm a Christian, then I shouldn't have to battle with this thing. I'm an overcomer. All things, old things have passed away. Everything has come new. So that means I don't deal with anxiety. I don't deal with depression. I don't deal with burnout. And if I do, then it's probably my fault. You don't have to raise your hand, but some of you are going, wow, I felt that way. Maybe it is just you just don't have enough faith. Maybe it is that we're just not praying hard enough over the situation or with the right words. Or maybe, what's easiest to believe, there's probably sin in your life somewhere. And now, is praying things through not valuable? Absolutely. Is saying, God, man, what little faith I have used? Absolutely. Is looking through your life and say, you know what? I need to do everything I can to live a life of calling to God. I've got to clean some stuff out of my, absolutely, all those things. But here's the truth. You can love Jesus and still fight depression. You can faithfully read God's word, get it into your heart, and still battle anxiety. You can attend church. You can sit close to the front or in the front row. You can tithe regularly. You can serve in the two-year-old's life kids class, and you can still struggle to overcome trauma. Maybe the trauma is serving in the (laughs) two-year-old's. Please don't. We 
Last week, there's kind of an incredible response to help Pastor Janine, so don't tell her I said that. But no, I, what I'm saying is you can do all those things, and some of those pieces are still going to be in your life. And you know why I know that? <clears throat> the reason I know that is because I look into God's Word, and I see people of God. I see people that I look up to that literally we call Bible heroes, people that we can learn from, and they've still had to deal with these same issues. You look in the book of 1 Kings, we learn about a prophet named Elijah. Elijah was a man of power. You talk about power, he took on over 800 false prophets. He called down fire from heaven that consumed sacrifices. He prayed and prayed until it rained so hard that there were floods after a, a, a drought. But a couple days later, he was so down and depressed that he told God he wanted to die. It's in 1 Kings. Read it. Or how about David? You know, you, you keep looking in Kings and Chronicles. We hear the story of the kings. And David is one of the great. A man after God's own heart. The giant killer. He had it all. He had looks. He had musical ability. He was a soldier of fortune. He was a great, you know, ladies man, obviously. And not so good. But, but he dealt with deep despair. And you can see it in the Psalms. Yes. Jeremiah, probably one of the greatest spokesmen for God in the Old Testament. But you know what? You know what his nickname? They called him the weeping prophet. And in his book, we see him deal with loneliness and insecurity. And it got so dark that one day he made this statement, I cursed the day I was born. He thought of that before you did. But sometimes when we're struggling mentally... Some Christians will feel and maybe even speak to you, well, you just need more of God. You just need more of God. And I'm going to tell you, absolutely, you do need more of God. Every one of us, we're never going to, I don't care how old you get, you're never going to fill the tank completely full. We always need more of God. We always do. But I just might tell you, maybe you need, in addition to that, some sleep. <laughs> maybe you need some better friends. In addition to more of God, maybe you need a healthier diet. Maybe, and I know, maybe you need a good qualified doctor that can help you. Maybe there's a deficiency or an imbalance going on chemically in your body. You do need more of Jesus, absolutely. And a Christian counselor on top of that really helps in addition to, in conjunction with. I had some friends that uh, were saved in kind of the Jesus movement. And if you know what I mean, that was like in the 70s, kind of the hippies uh, came in and, and radically saved by Jesus and were part of the charismatic renewal movement. And man, they were just on, in the front lines and, and just radically saved, loved Jesus. But they felt like they, they were going to go to a next step in their ministry. They felt like God was calling them to another place in ministry and and but then there was there was questioning about that and there was praying about that and and one of the things they tried to do was put themselves in positions to hear from God and and different multiple traditions yes they were spiritful what you would call more charismatic but they decided to go and they went to the local uh, in Yamhill or excuse me in Lafayette we have the Abbey the Trappist Abbey and you can go there and you can walk the grounds it's very peaceful there's a church uh, beautiful cathedral there that 
I think four times a day, the bell rings and they come in, they chant, and it's just such a peaceful place. But you can also enlist one of the monks as a spiritual counselor. And uh, so you can sign up for that and they, they will meet with you and, and talk with you. And this uh, husband and wife went in and they met with the spiritual counselor and he came in and he met with them and, and they poured this all out. Here's our past. Here's what God's done for us. Here's where we feel God is taking us. We just want to know his will and we're ready to go. And he just looked at him and the first thing he said is, I think you just need a nap. <laughs> and they're like, oh, funny monk. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> hey, maybe there's a place for me there. No, I, I can't do that. But they say, yeah, it's funny. And he goes, no, I mean, you need sleep. And he takes them, because you can also rent rooms there. And he took them in the room with just a nightstand and a big double bed. And he said, uh, I'll come back and check on you later. Has it really happened? And so they just like, this is the weirdest thing ever. So they walked in, and what do you do? There's a bed. They laid down. Five hours later, they woke up. And the monk came in and said, okay, now let's, let's talk about some things. So what I'm trying to get at is struggling with mental health doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. <laughs> it only means you're human. So get out of our minds that Christians shouldn't struggle with it. The second myth that we need to address today is that God doesn't care about your mental health. Maybe God is just too busy. I mean, he's got revivals to start. He's got people to save. He's got the world to run. He's dealing with others who obviously, if I'm feeling this way, God must love them a lot more than he loves me because they seem to have it together. So they have blessing on their life. That's not true. Not only does God care, he cares a lot. He cares for you intimately. He cares for you. In fact, at one place he says, I can't forget you. If a mother could forget the child that they bore and raised, if they could forget that, I mean, imagine that atrocity of a mother being able to completely forget a child that she loved and raised. He said, you know, if you can imagine that, even more so, God says, I will never forget who you are. And we look into the Psalms. Again, like I said, going to the Word of God and just letting it speak to you can be such a help. In the Psalms, we read this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You've heard that. Another place in the Psalms, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed. Another place, it says, the Lord is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of what? Trouble. Probably one that you love. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And then it gets real. It says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. And even though I walk through the place that feels like death, can I say that? Even I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because what? You are with me. Your rod, your staff, they come for me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And I want to look at another psalm today because those are so positive. But I want you to know, the thing I love about God's word is it's real. It's raw sometimes. And it doesn't just have like a one, two, three fix. It's like we saturate into this. But Psalm 88 is a little bit different. And I want to warn you, this is not one that you're going to put on your Instagram with some cool music 
or a nice, you know, it's not, you couldn't fit it on a mug. But Psalm 88 was, was written by a man named He-Man. Not He-Man. <laughs> He-Man. You know, I mean, he's like, okay, that's... <laughs> he, he was a follower of God. He was admired. He was respected. And He-Man of the Bible was known for great wisdom, it says. He was known for his musical ability. He was a committed in parenting, and he was in service to the king. I mean, this guy kind of had it all together, you would think. Well, you're getting a picture of this guy, but yet we read in Psalm 88, it's one of the few places, usually psalms will go deep and dark sometimes, but then they kind of come out. But this is a particular song that doesn't end with hope. Psalm 88, 3 to 5. He speaks it this way. He's just being honest with God. He says, I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, and like the slain who will lie in the grave, who remember no more, who are cut off from your care. But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Verse 14, it says, Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? You've taken me, taken from me friends and neighbors. Darkness is my closest friend. It's obvious that he loves God. I mean, if you read more about him in the Bible, you see how dedicated it's, he's known for serving God. It was just that in this moment, in this place, he was going through a time where he wasn't mentally healthy because he was believing things that he felt so real but could not have been true, knowing who God is. It was real that he was walking through it, and he was honest enough to say it, but if God would come to him and said, guess what, you're not always going to feel this way. I remember one time I entered, and because there, I've been times where I haven't gone to a counselor for multiple months, and then others, I call back up and say, let's go again, because again, there's seasonal, situational, and sometimes I've stepped into that counseling office with them and just like, man, it just, it just seemed dark, and I tried to explain, and everything just sounds like, you know, remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, you know, I just like, whoa, 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 wowsy, wowsy, woo, woo. That was actually Sheplock from Flintstones. But anyway, uh, you know, I just felt, and my counselor just looked at me and said, Dave, you do know that you're not always going to feel this way. And that was a powerful thing to know. Because in the Psalms, even Dave was able to say, even although I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he doesn't say, I'm stuck in it, I'm going to stay there forever, that's my new home, I'll never see. But it can feel like it. But let me tell you, if you're feeling these things, God can bring you through. And this is the truth. God is not afraid of your honesty, and you can tell him, you can yell him, you can scream him, but it doesn't change the fact that he cares about you more than you know. In fact, that when you're hurting, he's hurting. And I know that there's a place where you just say, God, you know, just keep me from pain. <laughs> but the Bible says that nothing surprises God. I was talking to someone on the way in about a very difficult tragedy that's happened in their family. And it's so hard to know how could God be in this. But according to God's word, nothing surprises God. And there is nothing for him 
too big for him to handle, but he's the one that can bring us through and work it together for good. I wish I had like a, a Teflon suit I could put on and all the pain slipped off. And did, but I also know that those times have worked in my heart and my life and made me the person that I am. And what would happen if I hadn't have called the counselor? What would happen if I just said, well, man, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be the counselor and I'm not going to step out and get help. Maybe you thought that too. Well, let me just give you this principle. This might not be God's word, but let me just tell you, it's a good one. Getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. And after tests, you know, I have found that it's not always everything. I mean, it's not, sometimes it can be physically, you know. Sometimes I can be the best shape I've ever been in, physically healthy. I can love God. I can have incredible relationship with those around me. I'm spiritually healthy. But I can be emotionally unhealthy at the same time. And there are times when we need to work on that mental health. And Jesus said this when he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Love the God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Why does the enemy love to bring anxiety, distraction, depression into your mind? Why does he love that? I'm telling you, because that's your secret weapon. Your mind is the thing. You were created like no other creature. You think about all the creatures of, that, that have been created by God and on this earth. They all have something that's unique about them. The elephant, what? He has his girth. He, that's a defense. That's his secret weapons. like, you're not going to take me down because if I fall on you, you're done, right? He's a, the lion, what's the lion? He's got, he's got the roar. He's got this powerful thing. I mean, he's a, the cheetah. I mean, he's got the speed, right? Even the crocodile. I mean, he's got the clamp where he clamps on. You ain't getting unclamped. But yet God has created us different from every other species on this earth because we have a mind. We have a mind to think. We have a mind that can grasp who God is. We have a mind that can build a relationship with Jesus. And so isn't it interesting and isn't it predictable that the enemy knows that if he can win the battle for your mind, he's got us. He's going to hit us in your greatest gift and for human, I believe that that's why Jesus says, don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication, give it over to God. Keep going. He said, all my heart, all my strength, and all my mind. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. It's how we think. Not just occasional peace, not just momentary peace, but continual peace, perfect peace. That, that word perfect peace, the literal translation there, you know that peace in, in the Hebrew is shalom, right? But when he says perfect peace, he's basically saying shalom, shalom. It's like when I go into uh, Baskin Robbins and I say uh, two scoops, please, right? It's like there's sometimes a one scoop will be suffice, but sometimes you just got... And there's times in your life you go, I don't just need peace. I need shalom, shalom. I need it. But, but look what it says there. All whose thoughts are fixed on CNN. <laughs> oh, 
wrong flavor, uh, Fox News. All whose thoughts are obsessed over the economy. All who overdose on election information. All whose thoughts just continue to scroll and scroll and scroll. But he says, you will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That literally means to prop, to rest your full weight on an object. Literally. It just means I put my full weight on it. It's got to go down. I'm not really saying But if I just put my foot, it takes all my weight. And Second Peter 1 to 3 or 1 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. The Apostle Paul said, I'm going to worship with my spirit. And we, we are people of the spirit. And I love to be able to worship in spirit. But he also says, I'm going to worship in spirit and I'm going to worship with my mind. And he says, another thing, I'm going to pray in my spirit and I'm going to pray with my mind. When you connect with God, you're not just bypassing your brain and become like this, you know, I'm not thinking this through. Our mind is our greatest weapon. Our mind is our greatest gift. And so we dial into this. And instead of thinking, man, like I've thought before, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. This situation or this, this season is going to kill me. Maybe write this down. God is my source and my strength. I have everything I need to do everything he has called me to do. But it's not going to be instantly better. It's not one of those instant put it in the microwave kind of things i'm telling you if you are in that place if you find yourself in that place there's not a one two three recipe for just unfeeling that way and maybe you'd be around people just don't feel that way just focus on something else if you're in it you know remember it's a lead coat <laughs> but i'm telling you you're not always going to be there and if you can Keep your mind fixed on God. If you can say, even to Jesus, Jesus, all I can see is dark, but I want to keep my mind on you. If I was an expert on the brain, we could talk about the connections and the synapses that happen in the brain and the pathways that go in. And when you're, when you're a baby, you begin to learn things and it connects those. There's just millions of connections every second. And you start learning things. And the more, when you learn something that way, it's easier just to go that way. That's what I'm trying to say. And somehow, sometimes when depression and anxiety come in, pretty soon it becomes a track in my mind. <laughs> when I try to get out, it just seems like everything kind of shifts that way. But God, he says, you can work with your spirit and worship with your mind. He said, Let me, help me be no longer conformed to this world. I know that in the nature it works this way, but help me be transformed by the renewing of my mind. We can renew our mind day by day. I love how Jesus told his disciples, peace I leave with you. And he doesn't just say, any, he said, maybe, I don't want you to get confused. My peace I give to you, I don't give you as the world gives. Jesus says, my peace, not a peace, not like, no. Jesus says, it's mine and I'm going to give it to you. When did he promise this? Situation in John 14, 
When did he promise this, that he was going to give us his peace? It was the night before his greatest suffering, and he knew what was coming. Because peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. And I don't know about you, but I've got to have this shalom, shalom. And maybe if all you understand or all you remember today was something about double scoops. If it's heavy, if it's dark, if it's just, if it's distracting, can you just come back and say, Jesus, that peace that you, your peace that you promised, I need it in the double portion today. I just need your peace, peace in my mind. God, help it to leak in my spirit, even though I might not feel my way there yet, but I believe I won't always feel this way. God, help me to stay looking to you, even though I might not understand it and I might disagree with where I'm at. Help me just stay focused on you. Those of you in the room, you remember a couple weeks ago I was talking about climbing a mountain and the only way I made it to the top was because people that had been there came along and said, hey, you're going to make it. Don't stop. You don't want to miss what's up there. Man, don't miss the view. You've got to go. And I'm telling you, there are too many people in this room that have not dealt with exactly what I'm talking about that should not be the greatest cheerleaders. And sometimes you can just see it on someone. Come on, if you've gone through it, you fake it, but sometimes you see it on others. And I'm not saying get into somebody's business. And I, again, I'm, I'm saying, man, maybe it's professional quality Christian counseling. I, I'm an advocate for that. I'm an advocate of great doctors and anything they can help you. They help me. But coming along some, alongside someone that is walking through the deep water and just say, I know this is dark, but guess what? You're not always going to feel this way. You're not always going to be in this space. If we had 24-7 sunshine, I would be very happy. But it would be artificial. Half of it would have to be artificial, wouldn't it? Because we live in seasons. But the darkness doesn't last the whole time. There's sun. There's morning. Winter is a drag in Oregon, but winter doesn't last the whole year, even though it feels like it does. We just, we just stepped out of one of the greatest stretches of God-given sunshine we've ever had. I was just like, what has happened to Oregon? It might be liberal, but I'll take the sunshine. Come on. But now we're back into fall. It doesn't last forever. And so if you can just realize it's heavy. And it's funny because sometimes there'll be a couple months pass when I see my counselor. And I remember going in at one point and it's notably heavy and I'm dumping it all out. <laughs> and then the next time, you know, I've lost 15 pounds. And I walk in like, hey, how are you? You know, and she goes, told you so. <laughs> but let's continue to work. You can love Jesus with all your heart, but you're still going to deal with stuff this side of heaven. You can be committed to Christ and your growth in Christ and to his word and still go through seasons that just get into your spirit and drag you down. But if we can look again to God's word and say the peace of God, shalom, shalom, perfect peace. The world can't give it. <laughs> Ever heard this? There used to be a song, the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. It can't. So I'm saying, don't believe every feeling. Trust in what Jesus says and what he says to you. So I started with this blessing. 
And so I'm going to speak it over you again. And maybe after what we've said, maybe something else will come out in this to you. Would you just posture yourself? Would you just open your heart? Maybe close your eyes right where you're at. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24. May God himself, the God of shalom, shalom, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Father, we, we turn to you when there are things we don't understand that are hard for us to navigate through. God, I know this isn't the most comfortable thing for me to communicate, and part because of the inadequacy of this subject matter for my brain. Another part is admitting a lot of things that, that I deal with, and I don't want to be like, you know, the expert on junk. <laughs> God, you know. You know, but we're here, and we're going to navigate this because we're going to look to you. And God, we want to, we want to get to a place where we're loving you with all our heart, our, our soul, and our mind. God, I know you've given us our mind as our secret weapon. That's what separates us from every other slug on this dirt ball. God, we have that, and we know the enemy loves, but you have a, he loves to take away, but you have a peace that you can give that he can't touch. And I pray that over. I pray that over those in the room right now, and I just, if you're in this place, I want you to receive this prayer right now because maybe you're in a place where it feels exactly what I've talked about, dark and endless and Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that those that are feeling that way, those online that are sitting in their room alone watching this because of it, God, I pray that you would help them to know right now they're going to come through. They're not always going to feel this way. And they just lean into you and just say, Jesus, get me through. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring a light to the end of the dark space. Thank you that we don't have to fear evil because you are with us. God, I also pray for some of us that have come through these times and have been better on the other side, but we know. We know better than anybody else. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would anoint and create moments and divine appointments to where we can come alongside, just like climbers on the mountain, and say, hey, I'm with you. You can make it. God, I pray for those in the room that have experienced it, that you would just help them, bring people into their path that, and help them to see and say, no, I need to spend some more time. I need to help. I need to direct them. I need to just walk alongside. God, I pray that you would empower us and invest us in others. God, I... I pray that you would help us to be a church that cares about others and what they're walking through. God, I pray this would be a place that we can love you with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and realize that there's still going to be stuff we have to work through. God, if there's people in the room right now, maybe you're watching online or you're in the room and, and you just don't have a relationship with Christ, again, I hope I didn't drive you off when I say come to Jesus and all your problems aren't going to go away. But here's the deal. I'll tell you what. I'll go through any dark night uh, as long as I'm not alone and Jesus will be with you. 
He will change you. There will be greater days in your life. There will be things that you can only find in a relationship with Christ. Uh, eternity for one. It's so worth turning your life over to Christ just to let him walk with you and be with you. Maybe you're in the room today and you don't have that relationship or you've just let it slip. Would you just say this prayer in your heart? Jesus, come into my heart. I need you as my leader and my friend. I need to learn to love you and trust you. And if you said that prayer, the Bible says that you are a part of the family and then the local church comes around you and helps you in next steps. Please let us know of that prayer. Please let us know somehow, either online or, or on, a, on a connect card or just walking up and say, hey, prayed it, help me. God, help us to be there for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for your patience today and, uh, and the learning that we've done together. There's a posse. Hello, we have a posse. We want to just take a few minutes. The month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. So we're squeaking in at the end, but we didn't want it to go by without appreciating our pastors. We have some of our board members here. Is Emily in here? Pastor Emily and Pastor Janine. Emily's waddling up here like a cute little mama. <laughs> is Janine here? There she is. She's coming. So I wanted to, as a family here, ask for three things from all of us for our pastors. First of all, if you would pray for your pastors daily. Um, you know, Dave mentioned it this morning, just how many pastors are leaving the ministry every day. And um, the enemy would love nothing more than for our pastors to feel discouraged, depressed, useless, you know, all those things. We want to cover them and thank them and just pray that God would continue to strengthen them. Number two, would you email them or send a note or um, however you want to get a note, but just send them something encouraging. If you have ever been blessed by a message, if your kids have ever come out of their classes smiling, if your youth and teenagers and young adults have ever loved something that they've done, or if you just enjoyed worship, just send a quick note. Um, you can email any of them. Their email address is their first name at myflc.org. Just send a note. It'll take two minutes, but it will mean so much to them. Number three, this is a tough one. If you can financially give to them, we would love for our pastors to go on a date or a night away or something just to feel loved. So you can um, go online. You can go onto the website, myflc.org. You can text 94,000. You hear it every week. There's a little drop down, an option for pastor appreciation. We will make sure that everything that comes in there goes to our pastors so they feel loved. You can also, if you want to stop by the Connect desk um, after service today and drop something in there, you're welcome to do that. But we just want to say thank you all. We collectively as a family are grateful for each of you. Everything that you do to us, for us, everything you do to us, <laughs> you do to us. some of these messages like this today, right? Um, would you all stand and just extend your hands this way and we're just going to pray over our pastor. Dear Jesus, we just thank you so much for our pastors. Lord God, just the... Uh, the sacrifice that they make to just to hear your voice, to ask for your wisdom, to be obedient to you, God, to lead us, God, in worship, in your word, in teaching us to spiritual truths, Lord God. God, to be vulnerable, to be open and transparent. 
we just ask for incredible blessings on them. God, I just pray you would put it upon every one of our hearts to just continue to pray for them every day, to lift them up, but also to come and, and encourage them to their face, to bring a word of encouragement, of love and appreciation, Lord God. God, I know they, they don't ask for that. They don't uh, feel, maybe feel that they require that or anything, but God, we just want to do that because we love them. And we're so thankful that you put them in our lives, Lord God, that you've called them and that they answered that call. Just pray for protection around them, around their hearts, around their minds, around their bodies, around their lives, Lord God. God, just bless them beyond anything they could possibly imagine. And God, just let them see the fruit of their work in the lives of those that they lead and teach, God. We love you so much and we're so thankful for them. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. A couple weeks ago, uh, they hijacked Pastor Clint in Carlton, Family Life Church Carlton. Didn't hijack him. They uh, they appreciated him there in Carlton. So never forget that we're here. We're one church, two locations, and uh, we appreciate. I appreciate the team God has put around us so much. But. Uh, we're going to have the church or the pastor connection if that's if you're newer to FLC and would like to be a part of that. Just going down the hall, it's not very long, and uh, we won't keep you very long because we know uh, there's lunch and football and things like that. Um, but uh, so it's just a brief time. Uh, just want to encourage you that way. But until I see you again, I pray that God would bless you and keep you. I pray that God would turn His face towards you and shine the countenance, His countenance, its light. His face will shine on your life. Believe me, he's doing it. Even when we don't feel it, he's doing it, and he loves you. God bless you as you go live the life today. Hey, guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org, or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.